Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you ready? Yes, recording. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I am Declan. And I'm Ned. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Till. We'll be talking spoilers throughout, so as always, do proceed with caution. Right, well we haven't done a... Like... A proper episode, like, really. I was going to call it bog standard, but nothing's bog standard about what we do. Um, <laughs> it's going to regular episode. Yeah. Since was it after? I want to say before Christmas. Oh, it was before Christmas, but I can't remember the film. I think it was Avatar. Um. Um. This is really good podcasting. Go on. Um, You're um, normally good at filling dead air. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, I think it must have been Avatar. Glass onion, glass onion. I was gonna, I was getting there. Where are I? Glass We're onion. There. So yeah. yeah, but it was all before Christmas. So I hope you've all caught up with our episodes. But obviously, we our first section of the podcast is always what else have we been watching, and we've tried to keep this um, short. Um, but except we've watched so much, we have watched a lot. God, you've watched a lot. When did you watch Enola Holmes too? Um, the day I hope none of my colleagues listen to this. The day that I was supposed to kind of get myself back in gear for work, I just couldn't get my brain to switch on, so I watched films instead. You have been poorly. Yeah, no, you're right. I was probably a bit still poorly. Yeah, so we went to the cinema the other day and we watched I Want to Dance with Somebody. Oh no, sorry, it's now called Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Did they change the name like? Well, it was always titled as I Want to Dance with Somebody. Hmm. And then I think they must have re- done a bit of marketing insight and people weren't realising it was a Whitney film, so they put Whitney Houston call on. I want to dance with somebody after. Right. Um, what else would you have called? You know, like, a lot of films... I know, like... You just kind of know. No one like, put Queen, Bohemian exactly. Rhapsody. Yeah. Or... Elton or, John, Rocketman. Yeah, I mean, Elvis was just called Elvis, yeah. so... I'm trying to think of another What was one. the Beatles one? Or has there been a Beatles one? There was another Queen one, wasn't there? Or is that a musical? We Will Rock You. That's a musical. Oh. And you know that that's a Queen well, exactly. musical, don't you? I know. What other title could it have had? What other one would you have gone How with? How will I know? No. Tell me the answer then. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> um, I've totally forgotten all of Whitney's songs, even though we only saw it the other day. Don't make me close one more day. I will always love you. That one. That should have been it. But then I suppose Bodyguard was a film itself. Oh yeah, that's probably why. Mm. Need anyway, to watch the Bodyguard actually. It was a very, for me, very standard, three star, um, biopic. If you like a biopic and you like Whitney Houston, then you will probably like this. But like, to be fair, there's only so far you can go with a biopic. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. They're all quite, like... Much of a muchness. Yeah. So yeah. you just watch the ones for the people you like, or the music you like. Yeah. Mm. Um, I also watched Treason on Netflix over the Christmas New Year break, which sound- started very positive, 
but went very rapidly downhill. What is it? Was like it had Charlie Cox who plays Daredevil. Is it an MI6? It's like an espionage type thrillerish thing, but it yeah, it wasn't great. I wouldn't recommend. But Mm -hmm. when I saw it was only four or five episodes, I thought, oh my god, that won't take me very long. You know, like only five. five Sometimes I see. um, (coughs) If I look at, if I'm struggling picking a show, I'll look at. I'm realizing quite probably how ADHD this might sound, but I look for the quickest way to get my watch list down. So I'll do the number of episodes, the quickest, yeah, short amount of episodes. Right. Um, but the, no, it was our um, yeah. I'll probably give it two, and then Stonehouse. I watched on the newly launched ITVX, which was even better because that was only three episodes, but it was about. A British MP who pretended to... Who faked his own death in the 70s. Right. Um, He was like a Czechoslovakian spy. Got loads of money for spying. Invested his money. But then all the businesses that he invested went wrong. Uh, So then he had to fake his own death as a life insurance thing. And then he didn't get away with it. Then he like faked... That he'd had some sort of like personality disorder diagnosis, where that he's not—he's actually no longer the person he was before. You know, when you're in a hole, yeah, and you should just stop digging. Yeah, yeah. It was very that. Yeah, um, and it was very well played by that guy from um, oh Succession. What is he called? What is he called? Let me find it. Um, Succession's getting a lot of love from that um, review of. Preview of 2023 post on Instagram. That's why. Um, Matthew McFadden um, played John Stonehouse. It also had Keely Halls in it, who can do no wrong in my eyes. So that was pretty good. And I've also dibbed in and out. I've gone back to the West Wing, because I'm in one of those things where I've got so much telly. Mm. And I go, oh, I don't know, I can't decide. And then I go, oh, I'll just stick another episode of the West Wing on. So I've gone back in. I'm at season six. In your comfort zone. Yeah, and I just... The last two seasons are renowned for not being anywhere near as good as the first five. Like, it does have diminishing returns as it goes on. But still that warm, fuzzy liberalness of it <laughs> makes me feel nice in this fraught political times that we live good in. Good word, fraught. So, um, yeah. Then we've also been watching a couple of bits together. Well, we did watch some of those together. Only the films. Bad Sisters. Yeah, they're on the next... You've not said Bad Sisters yet. No, I'm getting... Uh, that was the segue in. Oh. It's a clunky segue. Oh, thank you. Or did you. I just add the clunk? You added the clunk. Right. Yeah. But Bad Sisters. Um, Hilarious. Do you want to give Irish people a bit of a premise? Yeah. Is that what you'd call it? Probably. Um, five sisters. One of them's got an... Absolute, absolute bastard asshole of a husband. Yeah. Like I don't, I can't remember a character that anybody has ever hated more than this. And man. you think, oh, he can't be that bad, but then every time you think he's not going to get worse than he is, he does. He does, yeah. So, he has everything wrong with a person that could possibly be is embodied in him, and it's so well played by that guy that was from Dracula, the BBC one. What? Claire Spang. Yeah. Him. Which doesn't sound like a real name sometimes, does it? No, I was nearly about to say bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, no, we're and... enjoying that. We're on episode, yeah. I think, six. So there's ten, so know. we've got a few more to go. But we'll keep oh, you updated. Really dramatic. I'm mm. very invested, actually. Mm. Um, and Happy Valley has returned. It has joyously returned to our screens. Sarah Lancashire. You've only seen one heart. episode. I've only seen the first one. The I've second seen one two. was out last night, wasn't it? Yeah. So I'm going to watch that again. Um, Very good. Straight away, you were like, oh, this is why we love Happy Valley. Yeah. And I just so love everyone in it as well. I didn't come, like, I came so late to it because, um, like, I only watched it with you in the last few months, mm. but it's so good. I really, really love it. What was I watching? Were we watching something? And the guy from Happy Valley was in it. 
Oh, don't do this, Ned. No, but what have I watched this week? I don't know. You've got your list there. No, but it's none of them, I don't think. Unless he was in Alien vs. Predator. I think that would be a... Little Women. He was in Little Women. Who was he? Uh, was he one of the women? No, he was one of the characters. <laughs> no, no. One of the characters <laughs> stalling for time whilst you remember. I can't remember who he was. He but was the I tree in the background. Him, and it's one of the rare moments that I recognised him. I thought, I think that's him from Happy Valley. And then it turned out I was right. Um, oh, that was a nice noise. Um, <laughs> no, it's got a cold, everyone. Yeah, just getting over the last of it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, what have we watched since as well? We've done, I don't know if we mentioned this last time, the Hobbit rewatch, extended edition. Oh, I know you've put Hobbits is. The Hobbits is. Show notes. Yeah. Um, I thought they were fantastic. All four stars. I'm sure I've talked about this. So I'm gonna I on. think you have, actually. Um, and probably after Yang as well. Mm. I didn't even know you'd watched American Made, so you want to maybe talk about that. American Made, Tom Cruise. Where did you watch that? At yours, over Christmas. Was I asleep? Me and your dad kind of had it on in the background late at night after everyone else had gone to bed, weren't watching it. Then the next morning, everyone was out, so I just thought, oh, I'll just finish that. Oh, did you now? Yeah. He's got the run of the house, this person. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, so I quite enjoyed it. It was a good, fun, um, like, cartel. Oh, I think I have seen you know it. What I mean? Isn't he, like, suited and booted all the time? No. Oh. No, he kind of accidentally becomes a drug runner for the CIA. And I do think I'm they leave it. him up shit creek and then... Spoiler alert, he gets killed by the cartel. Mm. Shocker. Um, we watched Avatar again in London, didn't we? We did, Over for the my birthday. On the... I didn't know how to write the note about this. Is it called the Dolby screen? Is that... I think so. It's like a Dolby screen. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I didn't know how to say it either, but at the Odeon in Leicester Square. So yeah. whilst the screen was quite a bit smaller than I was expecting, but I think the theatre was that big that if we'd have been a bit closer, it maybe yeah. felt small. But the sound was very good and you could tell the room was built for... The sound was brilliant and... Soundscape. The glasses were better. Yes, they, they were. were. made for someone with a human adult-sized head. <laughs> Uh, which was nice, um, as opposed they to say, like a, bit a chihuahua. Of a, a gif, a gif, a gif, a gif, gif. Sorry. <laughs> I've done a gun and I'm shutting <laughs> down. Um, Reset. A bit of a give to them, so it wasn't like they were... They weren't right pressing the, on the temples, yeah, basically. Yeah. Anyway, it was just as good the second time. I was able to watch it looking out for the high frame rate, and I did notice it, and uh -huh. I did enjoy it, and I'm glad that it was used as and when needed, not the full throughout. film. Yeah. I've also watched Enola Holmes two. Yeah. Which was fine. <laughs> um, what did you give it? Maybe like three. Yeah. I can't remember. It's basically it's just fan fiction that's been made into a film, yeah. which you know can't. Yeah, it's fine. Quite enjoyed it. Puss in Boots, ready for Puss in Boots two. Again. Fine. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not the target audience. But apparently, and I, I, I'm waiting to be proven wrong, but apparently this second one is just a pit. Like, it's so good. People are saying it could win Best Animated Picture at the Oscars. Okay. Well, yeah. So it's out next month for us, so yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. wait and see. Um, but yes, I would say fine. As you may have picked up as well, listeners, I've watched Little Women. Um, the Greta Gerwig one from the other year. Yeah, with... Uh, Florence Pugh and... And... Uh, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, and Emma Watson. And... And... Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, and others. Uh, Laura Dern. Yes. Yeah, see? Got it. Uh, I and really enjoyed it. whoever the actress is who plays Beth. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it is a good film. And I... Yeah, found it. I remember to going to see Little Women at the cinema, Did and you? I couldn't believe that when the rating card went up, I swear it's a U. Yeah. And I thought, not many live action films are U's. PG's, yeah, 
but not many are like almost so low stakes and so innocent that they're a you. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like, nothing traumatic happens. No, I know, but it's so low stakes. It's like a you, but it's such a lovely story. Oh, it's gorgeous. Story. Yeah, gorgeous And I story. keep saying I'd like to rewatch that film, like, on a cosy Sunday. Mm. Like, I know our watch lists are absolutely huge, but if I was if it was on the telly and I was flicking through... I would I would probably stop if Little Women had just started. So, yeah, fair play. Um, yeah. And I have well, we put on Alien vs Predator Requiem, That's which good. I believe is the eighth instalment of the um, Alien Predator saga adventure that I'm on, um, and it was an utter travesty. What an insult to! the cinematic genius that was the first three Alien films and arguably a Predator film, but I don't think I was the audience for that either. No. Just shite, like... Uh, a complete undermining of the development of what Alien and Predator were and mean. A shit film full of overdone tropes and cliches bad writing, bad plot and then they nuke them in the end like, boring one star, see you later that's all I've got to say on that one um, so uh, what's been in the news King? <laughs> I was waiting for the news so as every episode I like to give a little tidbit of news of what's happening and I just wanted to especially after After Sun was so highly rated in our review of the year from 2022. Um, I just wanted to highlight that Paul Mescal has been cast as the main star in the much-anticipated Gladiator sequel by Ridley Scott. How long is um, it since the first one? I want to say oh. 2000. Correct. Yeah. It's been even longer. So... Apparently it's going to start shooting this year. There were people in the running like Austin Butler, Miles Teller, Timothy Chalamet, which apparently isn't true. Now his agent said he was never in the running for it, which does make sense because he doesn't you? look like a gladiator. And um, although he did look quite hench in that, I think the film was called The King. <laughs> oh, it was a Netflix film and he had like a little... little uh, a little, little uh... fringy bit and he looked quite hench but who wouldn't look hench with all that iron chain mail stuff on mm-hmm. um, but I'm very very pleased to see Paul Mescal be cast in a role like this I think it's about time that he moves beyond the smaller indie films which I hope he does stick to throughout his career but um, I think it's about... it's about time that he stops making people sad yeah yeah. Apparently, he'll be playing Lucius, the son of Lu- Lucilla, who now is a grown man as the story takes place years after the first film ended. Lucius was also the nephew of Commodus, who is Hacking Phoenix's character in the film. So there is that bit of a connection to the first film. We don't really know what it's going to do. Um, but we we'll, shall see. And I think that means that a Gladiator rewatch and potentially a Gladiator episode might come before the sequel anyway, which probably isn't going to be out until, like, 2024, but... um, Or even 2025, Mm. but... Yes, we shall see. Shall we, um... Move on to Trailer Trash or Treasure? what a time we've had. What a time we have had. It's actually my line. Oh, sorry. If you see the red... Uh, but now <laughs> it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash and Treasure. Trash or Treasure, in fact. Um, trash and Treasure? Yeah. What have we got this week? So this week, Ned, we have got Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Say that five times fast. 
Marcel the Shell Shinzan. <laughs> no, I won't bother. Um, so it is an animated, well, it's stop motion animation for two of the characters or some of the characters with a backdrop of live action. Um, it's based off a short film series. Series, yeah, that's all I know. And the only reason that kind of I looked into that is because on the trailer it says something about as if it's a returning character. Um, but it's yeah, um, it's oh been God, out just in, revealed that we've seen the trailer, it's been out in the states quite a lot for quite a while. I think it even came out last summer, I don't know why we're getting it so late. Um, but should we watch it again, even yes. though we have watched it a couple of times now? And the only reason we did it is because, spoiler, we're probably going to quite like it and we didn't know what trailer to do. And with the gravitas of the film that we are discussing in the headline feature, I didn't really want to do, like, Evil Dead Rise or (laughs) Renfield or anything like that, so... All right, well... Let's um, watch the trailer, um... Link is in the show notes. Watch along if you wish, and see you after the sparkles. Oh. I think that film's made for someone like you. I just know I'm going to cry at it, because it's so unbelievably adorable. Just from the trailer. It did make quite a lot of people's, like, top American critics who've seen it. Hmm top films of the year. Did it? Well. Yeah. Maybe I need to get in touch with them and make friends because they've clearly got similar movie tastes to me. It just, You know what it reminds And I know it's an A24 film and I know when we just watched it there the next suggested video that came up was the trailer for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm. And I don't know if it's the googly eyes but it reminds me of that kind of the way that looked in nihilism Mm. And kind of showed that nothing matters. It reminds... It's a bit in that ilk. It's not necessarily that, but it's like, oh, that's sweet. Nothing really... Nothing's a big deal. Like, what's the line? It's like, some. how long have you been something? And the guy who's with him says, oh, two years. And he's like, oh, two years. That's nice to know. <laughs> well, that was, um, how long is it since you've seen your mother? Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, two years. That's nice to know. Mm. <laughs> And it's just really sweet. Um, it's just the voice is so adorable as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know who voices him? Jenny Slate. Well, Jenny Slate, you have filled my heart with warmth from this trailer. Who was in everything, all, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Playing Debbie the Dog Mom. Debbie the Dog Mom. Don't know, I'd have to rewatch everything ever. She did she does I think by the looks of her filmography, she's quite a animated Yeah. Carrot what do you call it? Voice actor. <laughs> she's been in the Lorax, she's been in Alvin in the Chipmunks. She played Marcel the Shell with Shoes on in the short film. Right. Um, including the sequel, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on too. <laughs> um, not Marcel the shell with two shoes no, on no missed a um, trick there but yeah she's done a lot of Zootopia the Lego Batman movie Despicable Me <clears throat> Secret Life of Pets 2 so great stuff yeah it looks incredibly sweet um, currently holds 99% on Rotten Tomatoes um, instantly in the treasure for me yeah I would say mm. It is for me as well. Um, it's probably going to get quite a limited release because it's a pretty niche film, I would say. Yeah, it's not um, gonna. It's not gonna have mass appeal, it's is not it? Gonna, uh, bust the blocks, let's say. Bust the blocks. Yeah, um, but it's out in the UK on the seventeenth of February, and if you're in the US, it's probably out on streaming now. Oh, so great stuff! Well. Now, for this week's headline feature, listeners, Uh, we'll be talking about Till, coming up after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, so tell. I actually don't think we have discussed a film quite like this yet on the podcast. Um, we've seen films like it and watched films like it together, but I think nothing has been quite this heavy. Would you? I don't know if heavy is necessarily the word I would use to describe this film, but I think I know what you're getting at. I I think what I'm trying to say is the way we discuss this well, the way I'll go into it, discussing it, will almost feel very different to how we've discussed kind of any other film. Because I want to approach it with the sensitivity that almost the filmmakers did. Yeah. By some so, of the creative choices that they yeah. made. So shall we... Have you got a synopsis? I've got a synopsis. I didn't do a synopsis because I didn't have time. Right, well, I stole one, but it's pretty good. So, in 1955, after Emmett Till is murdered in a brutal lynching, his mother vows to expose the racism behind the attack while working to have those involved brought to justice. Um, It is obviously a true story. I did know a little bit about Emmett Till and the legacy and the effect it had on the um, civil rights movement in the US and around the world, to be honest. Um... But I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's not, I wouldn't, to me, it's not a story we know as much as Rosa Parks on the bus or Martin Luther King's speech. Would that, would you say that's fair for you? Um, I think when it comes to films and stories and whatever other medium this type of thing takes. Yeah. Most of us know the right names. Yeah. Or at least, you know, those of us with some level of awareness. You know, uh-huh. you know the right names and you know kind of the pivotal moment that, you know, it's known for, its legacy. Um, we don't always necessarily know the bit, like the details around that pivotal moment. Mm. And I think for me that this film revealed a lot more of kind of it was very educational this for me showed me how how such a horrible murder became the pivotal moment that it became in the civil rights movement yeah that's very true yeah i think you normally hear this happened it was important to the civil rights movement but yeah i think that's true in the sense that why it was yeah. that important and that greater context of what the mum, the mother did. Mm. It kind of showed the sort of, um, the work that goes into channeling the anger and the fear and the love that people feel when something so tragic as a murder happens particularly when it's the murder of a young black boy in America, not, you know, when it's all still pretty racist um, and stuff. That's what... And, like, it revealed the work that goes into taking that that moment and making it a legacy to prevent... This is a film that makes you feel so... Well, it made me feel so angry by the end of it. And I think a lot of that anger, obviously, is because of the horrific things that we see on screen. 
but also how pertinent it felt to now. Mm. Like, I wouldn't say racism, well, it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, I think it's changed. It's yeah. for the face of We're still of very much in the same changed. story, but the story has transformed a lot since the 1950s. But do you think as well, that's not a long time either. No. 1955, like, both of our grandparents were alive. Mm. And when you look at it and you think, God, how can people act that way? But then you see how in some modern day context, the way people are attacked for who they are or even killed. Like, it does still go on. Um, It does. So let's get into a little bit more about the film. I think it's it's important to start at there's a real kind of shift I think where stories about slavery and stories about basically black suffering. I think they're trying to there's a real shift to try and not be as exploitative. Well, like you don't need to past. show yeah black people being like tell it not sh- show it. There has been in the past, a bit of a habit among filmmakers and storytellers to kind of portray, I guess, almost like trauma porn. I've heard yeah, the phrase no, thrown around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think um, recently the narrative has started to shift away from that because people, you know, recognise that it's not. And I almost think some filmmakers will have looked at it and thought, I want to show how brutal it was as like a, it's almost like a, look how bad we were holding the mirror up to let's say, primarily Hollywood was white for so long. Mm -hmm. I think it's like holding a mirror up to say, weren't we all awful? Mm. But look at us, what we're doing now. It was almost like a, I don't know, like an admission of how bad things were, but we've improved. But still, from a a white yeah perspective, yeah, like yeah. still wanting to. It was telling stories for people, not have it, not holding space for people to tell their own stories. Yeah, yeah. it's like a story to make you feel more comfortable with yeah. our history, whereas you're not actually yeah. telling it from. Yeah, I want to say it like a white savior perspective, but it's not a white set. But do you know what, where I'm going from? Yeah. Um. But anyway. The the film completely flips and centers the whole story from his mother's perspective, Mammy, 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 M A R M I. I thought it was M A M I E. M A R. Anyway, yeah. um, his Mamie? mother, Mammy. I can't remember now. I'm gonna have a look. It's spelled M A M I E. Oh, Mammy, yeah. Mammy, yeah, yeah. Till, um, and the whole story is from her perspective. Whilst you could say, you know, it doesn't show brutality, I mean, you could argue it does because just living during this existence in the 50s in America, especially mm. in the Deep South, was brutal. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't say it's exploitative and you hear the murder but don't see it. The murder happens in the film, yeah, but you're not witness to it. Yeah. Which I think... I think it's almost more effective than if they yeah, did show as it. Well as, as well as kind of shifting away from that whole trauma porn thing that's happened in the past when trying to portray um, important stories on the screen. It also, it's almost a reflection of real life because nobody witnessed it apart from the people doing it. Yeah. So and why could give you them... possibly put that on the screen? Yeah. And why give them why their give them story the time? when they don't That's deserve it That's something actually well. that I've noticed. There was almost no screen time given to the perpetrators. Yeah. And even um, Carolyn Bryant, who was the shopkeeper whose accusations led to the lynching, Ugh. she had maybe two lines. And I would say the lines that she had didn't exactly paint her in a particularly positive light, which she couldn't have anyway. Well, could you? Yeah. But like... The more she spoke, the more angry I was getting at the film. Yeah. Like, yeah, horrible. Ugh. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, I thought it was 
very just that's how a modern story that is a very good point nobody saw other than the people who did it yeah Nobody saw it. And I don't know, like, the film shows that it happened kind of like at a barn, which yeah. it, it, there's a good chance it probably could have done. Might not have done. Might have happened a bit more publicly. But it's still only the people that actually did it that would have yeah. seen it because it was, anything it was rural America. It didn't happen in the middle of a city, exactly. did it? So, the only yeah. thing, any, any, like, factual stuff anybody has to go off is eyewitness testimony. And by the looks of it, the only witnesses were... Um, black farmhands who were obviously terrified to testify in court like the family after their testimony had to move to chicago so that they weren't in money mississippi after the court case yeah and i and like and unfortunately which is the most famous part of this story we only really know, we can only really piece together what happened to Emmett because of the condition of his body. Yeah. Which, that scene where they pull back that cover. In the morgue. Yeah. Yeah. And the mother, Mamie, mm. sees her son for the first time was absolutely horrific. Um, and I don't think I've seen grief be portrayed so well in many films. You could see the different emotions that were running through her mind at that yeah. that time. It's, oh my God, look at him. But then the anger of what's happened to him. And, <clears throat> and just making that decision that, no, everybody needs to see what he looks like. And credit... To Danielle Deadweiler, oh my who God. played Mamie, yeah, because the emotion she portrayed throughout really was just outstanding. Yeah, um, and I think made better still by some excellent camera work and lighting. Yeah, like you really got a lot of close-ups of her face. Um, you could almost see into her soul. It felt so, I don't know, I don't want to be all like, I wanted to say raw, but that didn't... But it is raw, yeah, though. It's it like, is raw emotion on display. Like, yeah. it, 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 it's hard. When you are acting to that level, mm. when the emotions are that high, I think it can so easily look hammy or over the top. Yeah. But, like, you literally felt like you were watching a mother who's just seen. Yeah, yeah. And her testimony in the courtroom. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was so moving as a... as a performance by her, but also kind of within the context of the whole film. Yeah. Um, Another performance I really liked was um, John Douglas Thompson, who um, we kind of knew as Preacher um, in the film, but his character's name was... Moses Wright, who was the so uncle. Mamie's uncle, obviously. Yeah, so a relative of Emmett and who Emmett went to stay with down in Money, Mississippi. Mm. Um, and I think one of my favourite, well, favourite seems a weird thing to say, but one of the scenes that I thought showed so much um, was when Mamie went and had a conversation with him and said, did you have a gun in the house? As if could you have protected my son when yeah. they came to get him? But those nuances of, well, I could have, but if I'd have done something, it was either your son they were going to kill or me and potentially all of my family, all of my family yeah. including Emmett. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like that horrendous situation where like, it doesn't matter what you did. Because it's so you saw up against it with the situation you're in, mm. there's no nothing you can do, mm. and it was heartbreaking that the family, him, his wife, and his sons, who were like Emmett's, all of Emmett's family, just had to pretty much stand there, yeah, and let this white family with a gun, white thugs with a gun, pull this guy out. Yeah. Although they weren't all white, which I thought was interesting as well. Who did it? I don't know if that's any more 
I'm not saying that I think there's a lot of complexity to that. Well, that's like, what I mean. Like, I was going to say something along, like, the very fact that um, it's in post-slavery America, still mm. in the Deep South, pre um, the end of segregation. Um, like, to me, it just felt like there's no such thing as freedom for black folk. Yeah. So you had to join in. So, like, oh, everybody in killed. that situation yeah. had no choice but to be there doing what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the two men who were sent, uh, charged but not sentenced. Yeah. They, they had every choice. And they chose to go after a 14-year-old boy and brutally murder him. So would you like to describe why they thought what he did warranted a murder? Like what he did to deserve it. And I'm saying that in a, he didn't do anything, but do you want to just kind of... I don't know. I I can't even fathom how to put myself in that mindset. What do you mean? Just, I was just like, I felt like I'd done a lot of the talking. So I was going to say, tell us why he was murdered. What did he do? Oh, well, he went into a shop. A candy shop. A candy shop. Bought some candy. Yeah. Um, had the audacity to speak to the woman. And said, you look like a movie star. Told her she looked like a movie star and whistled when he left. Yeah. And then, days later, they showed up at his house in the middle of the night, dragged him from his bed and kidnapped him. And by the looks of it, probably tortured him yeah before they shot him in the head yeah which is just like fucking horrendous it's like how did we even and i know we're not perfect now but like how did we even do that and how is the people that probably still exist in western civilized countries Mm -hmm. that would have those attitudes still you know, the law might be a little more on the side of of discriminated people, but I bet there's some people that would want to kill minorities that they don't like well, the or that... don't agree with under racial prejudice or... It just goes to show, though, like, the thing stopping people with those kind of mindsets is legal protection. And without legal protection, people are vulnerable to hate. Yeah. And we know the legal system isn't perfect, which is a good segue into the court case, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't certainly wasn't perfect then. And I know the American legal system is far from perfect still. Um, but I always find a good court case, in, regardless of if it's a film, TV show, I always find it quite compelling because I think it's quite... Drama. Yeah, yeah, quite juicy. But you just know the way it's going to go. Even those little glimmers of hope where, as you said... Some of the black people did testify, yeah. Having <clears throat> with them then having to move to the north, yeah. Um, even though you get these little testify, and you think, oh, could it go? Could it go there? Like there's then little bits that oh, is this the first that it's it's gonna? And then I almost think to me the way I read it is the f- the the white folk felt that as well. Yeah. So they thought, what can we do? to really put the nail in the coffin here. Yeah, yeah. And that fucking bitch, Carolyn Bryan, gets up and tells a completely false testificate. No, testificate. Testimony. Testimony. I was going to say testification. What's that word? It's not Completely word. false testimony. Yeah. That he didn't just wolf whistle and he grabbed her hand, went behind the counter, bent her over and sexually assaulted her. Which, and then his mother gets up at that point, and mm. and the the lawyers who would like the the NAACP lawyers who have been campaigning and helping her said, "Do you want to stay for the verdict?" And at that point, I was very much with her, and she said, "I don't need to see what the verdict is." I already know it. And then we hear yeah. it play over the 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 radio that the two boys were acquitted, yeah. and my blood <laughs> was. Boiling. <laughs> um, I just think 
I actually think she wouldn't have even have got up and had to say that that testimony. I don't think she would no. have had to gone that far for them to get away with it. No. I think the glimmers of hope that we were seeing were probably from a cinematic storytelling perspective. Yeah. But, but I don't. As soon as that jury walked like in, I mean, trial, they were the trial all, was just lip service. Yeah, they were all what at least sixty-year-old white men. They all looked exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Fat, greasy white men. With yeah, white shirts. And, and what I thought was interesting is when she got up to testify, they said the jury didn't need to be in there, and it didn't matter. And I thought, well, there you go. Didn't matter what she was going to say. No. She could have got up and said. Well, she, what she did say was horrendous, but she could have got up and said, mm. I did it in self-defence, mm. like he was trying to kill me. Mm. But why weren't the jury witness to, to that? They to, they already made the mind up. They, they made the mind up as soon as they walked in, hadn't well, they? Well, they apparently deliberated for an hour before delivering a verdict. They had a coffee. Then a couple of... I don't know how long later it said at the end, but you know when a, a true story gives like facts at the end of the film? Yeah. And the two men that were charged with the murder that got acquitted admitted on TV that they'd done it. Oh, yeah. Paid for their TV appearance and then lived the rest of their lives as free men. They were proud. They were proud of what they did, weren't they? Yeah. I wonder, like, I'm thinking there of like the Proud Boy movement in America. I think they're proud of what they do. Like, they think it's a good thing that. It's almost like they're living ethnic cleansing. Like, yeah, it's I don't absolutely understand. horrific. And I don't ever want to understand because I think those that understand it are probably the perpetrators. Oh, yeah. But I don't understand why such a thing is something so important to be proud of, regardless of what it is. Or like, do you just mean that? Well, particularly in terms of like. Um, white supremacy like why is being a horrible violent white man something to be so proud of yeah I've never been that proud of any like I've been like I can't believe people can get so proud about anything like no. I've been proud of myself at times for like small achievements yeah but friends. I've never been like oh my this is I am like so proud, do you know, like that level of self admiration, regardless yeah. of what you're doing, I think well, it should be an alien thing to everybody anyway. They do say pride is one of the seven deadly sins, isn't it? Yeah, so maybe, it's a um, thing. maybe it's a point of personal growth or something. I don't know. Another couple of things I just wanted to say, like saying it's like a history lesson. Uh, Ned and I were discussing with his friend, um, before about I didn't realise that I've always known that the South was the more racist part of America and was it like Jim Jim Crow? Yeah. But I never really got understood why because in my head I thought well if all the slaves were brought to the South they would have been used to seeing black people but you said it's because in the South they were always slaves weren't they yeah the white folk in the south didn't see black people as people yeah that was the distinction whereas when black people started moving north was that after the abolition of slavery i don't know my my history on it isn't very good but i was making the assumption that if you're in the south you're a slave no i was making the assumption that if all of the plantations and things um were in the south then once people became liberated they would naturally move north where there had been fewer plantations and things so More people jobs. so people in the north with new black communities moving in will have only known those black communities as black people theory i don't know like yeah i know I just, obviously I'd it's not as simple as that, that and obviously there was still racism in the north yeah like, like a lot of america is i mean still it even showed it like mamie in the shop at the start was yes. told that the store also had shoes in the basement yeah because she was a black woman in a store full of white women but it's not quite as overt as it's in the south where like but it wasn't like when they were walking you have to court, look over your shoulder all bear the time in mind she was in court mm. 
for the murder of her son and the way they put her up against the wall to search her mm. before she went in and the white folks were just allowed to walk walk straight in is just and that was really sad as well like actually that's another good point about how she'd brought him up to only know love and not hate and then when he first then ventured down to mississippi she kept warning him and warning him she was like you cannot even look at a white person in a certain way because mm. it might end the way it ended mm. and that naivety was so heartbreaking to see he like, was just a happy-go-lucky 14 year old boy year old boy i know yeah um, and jalen hall played him fantastically yeah he did well. actually i mean he's not in it much is he because obviously he dies but no but like you really got a sense of well, it could be any 14-year-old yeah. boy. You know what I mean? Like, He was a nice boy. Not that that makes free. any kind of yeah. different, but he was, you trouble know, him free. and his mum had a really nice Family. relationship. Yeah. 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 Um, a couple of other pointers before we kind of get towards summing up. Are you pretty much nearly there with your notes? Yeah, my only unticked tick boxes are to do a kind of production. Yeah, so I said the production design, particularly the costumes... Yeah. were beautiful. I um, really like the colour palette yeah. throughout. Um, um, and I don't, I, it was almost like a, the fabulous fashions were almost like a complete opposite to the, the, the themes that we were seeing. Mm. But I don't, I don't know how to say oh, it. It's like... I do want to actually She raise. was so well dressed. There was that town not far away from Money, Mississippi and yeah. I can't remember the town's name but it was where black folk lived in a black community, oh, running yeah. their own businesses, making their own money, um, in relative safety. That was the end of my sentence. But like, <laughs> I found that there was a vast contrast, even in the kind of the costume, the, the color, the lighting between the North, that town and uh, the town where the court was and such. Is it like Bayou something? Mount Bayou? I want to say that. Mount Bayou. Bay... How do you spell Bayou? I would guess B-A-Y-O-U. That is a place in Mississippi. Could be there then. Um, oh... Yeah, it was founded as an independent black community in 1887 by former slaves led by Isaiah Montgomery. So that probably will be it. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, I never think I will be in Money, Mississippi in my life. No. But if I did do, like, an American road trip, I would love to go to some of the more, like... Off the beaten track. No, like, well, that as well, but the more poignant places to do with the civil rights movement. Because let's be honest, America, you don't go to America necessarily for its history. But if I was going to partake in some of its cultural history, I'd like to do more of the civil rights movement, all that kind of thing. Because I think it's very important, especially with the political situation in America, to continuously educate for us to learn. Because... We can't go backwards, so. And it's so easy to slip backwards as well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, the only other point I had, um, Whoopi Goldberg was in this as um, Emmett's grandma, um, Al McCarthan. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't think her performance was very good. <laughs> um, and I think she might have, um, I get an inkling, I get a very good inkling, mm-hmm. I'm good at this bit. But um, one of the production companies was Whoop Inc. Well, and she I was a producer. That will be her production yeah. company. I think she maybe only went in it because she was because it was her production. She company. was a she was a producer. Yeah. Not and I know Whoopi Goldberg. I swear she's won Oscars. Yeah. But she gave me um, a bit really. of. A, Bit of a hamminess. Well, I wasn't really looking for much from her, really. No, I think I was probably looking at her more because I watch her 
like clips of the view every yeah. day and she's on the view so it was like watching it's like when i watch carl richards in halloween i'm like really really looking at every pulled out of it. bit um yeah did pull me out of it slightly but mm. i did think her performance was a yeah. little bit hammy um overall though i thought this was tied really well together with an excellent score um, oh yeah the score was good yeah and the soundtrack as well they used that song that they were playing on a record player quite a bit and it kind of provided a few nice anchor points um for us to really connect with Mamie which yeah. was really this film as a tribute to Mamie I yeah. think um and her work thereafter as an educator and activist yeah and it's very well um very well directed and I'd like to spotlight that it was a female direc- director Chinonye Chukwu so yes um I am. I do apologise if I butchered that uh, pronunciation. Pronunciation, but I think okay. I did quite well. Um, Lovely. Um, it's out rating. in cinemas at the moment. Yes, it is it? out in cinemas, and I know we tend to say don't listen to these episodes unless you've seen it already. Um, but I would say this film, due to its historical, it's basically retelling a story that you could read anywhere. Yeah. It's not necessarily that you couldn't listen to this. I mean, if they've got, got to this, this point that... in no, the I episode, know. then they've already listened to it. Yeah, that's it. true. I'll shut up. But yes, it's um, out in cinemas, <clears throat> and I'm sure it's um, MGM. Um, so MGM is now owned by Amazon. So I have a feeling when it streams, it'll go on to Amazon. Amazon. Lovely. Amazon Prime, yeah. Great stuff. Star rating? I gave it four. So did I. Mm. Yeah, um, it wasn't. It's not that it wasn't a good like you know. I no, think really oh, strong. why didn't it get that fifth star? I just think it was a really good strong film, but yeah. it wasn't like life changing. Not that that's why you <laughs> say your five star films, but like it was like four. I'm, I don't know why. <laughs> Stop. I'm like panicking, but four stars is, is, is was, very good. Yeah, yeah, four stars. It was good film. Yeah, I would say. And I would implore everyone to watch it. If you were going to say one word to describe each of the stars, is like, I would say four. It's too reductive a thing anyway. Like, well, let I just go just with have what a I'm feeling. Four is excellent mm-hmm. for this film. Yeah. Five, I would say, is outstanding. <laughs> okay. Three, I would go good. Yeah. Two, I would probably say average. One, I would say, poor. You'd give an average film two stars. Well, three's like, for me, three's like, oh, it's quite good. Like, it was an enjoyable watch, but it was not. Like, I would recommend it, but I wouldn't be like, oh my God, you cannot miss that film. Yeah. So to me, that's good. And I'd rather use more positive words (laughs) than negative. (laughs) All right. And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcasting platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Gaze on Film Pod and check out our letterboxed accounts. Link, I can't speak today. Links are in the show notes. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel... Oh. God, especially please about this one. Do feel free to drop us a message. I have been Declan. And I have been Ned. And this has been Gears on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.